How's everyone doing today? Good. A little gloomy outside, huh? But it's not gloomy in here, amen? We're, we're fired up to worship God. I want to say a wel special welcome to Sean and Ashley Nimitz. Can you guys go ahead and stand on up? Uh, Sean and Ashley are visiting our church for the first time, and that's just what we do. We make everyone stand up and... Totally kidding. Uh, they've... They just moved to town. They used to be uh, lead our campus ministry here and then went to somewhere over the ocean. Uh, where was it again? Estonia, Estonia yes. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, went to Estonia and then they came back here for a little while and then they went to Minneapolis and now they've come back here. It's kind of like returning to Jesus, I think. You know, they just kind of keep coming, coming back. Uh, just kidding. Uh, but anyways, great to have you guys and uh, awesome. And if, you're, if you are uh, visiting with us, don't worry, we won't have you stand up and wave either, uh, but welcome to you. Okay, let's open our Bibles to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah, we're going through the Old Testament, and we are studying the Old Testament to really seek to understand who God is, to know God, to not just know about God, though, but to become one with God, to join him as, as he comes into us and to exude and communicate God to a world that largely doesn't know, doesn't know God and, and enjoy God, okay? So, um, so today we're going to be talking about knowing God's vision. Zechariah and Haggai and Ezra has become some of my favorite. I've just loved studying this. Uh, it's just been so encouraging, and I hate to say, I, I mean, I've obviously read Zechariah before, but I don't know if I've ever really absorbed it, and, uh, uh, and so super encouraging. I hope this is encouraging to you today. God is a visionary, knowing God, God's vision. You know, Proverbs 29, 18. Oh, by the way, did you guys know today's a special day? Not just Sean and Ashley have moved here. Today is also... Uh, the 27-year anniversary of when I was baptized into Christ. So uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, I, uh, 27 years, I know some of you think, so I didn't think we did infant baptism. Uh, and we don't. It's deceiving that way. Um, I was 20 years old. Uh, so anyway, so that's exciting. But today's exciting uh, in, in another way. Today is National Coffee Day. Those of you who are coffee lovers, fired up today, amen? Extra fired up. <laughs> uh, so we decided to celebrate National Coffee Day with brewing Folgers. Uh, so anyways, we're not picky. Um, that's why we have cream. All right, so enjoy National Coffee Day. Okay, let's get into the, into the Bible because uh, I got even better news then coffee, it, that God is a visionary. Proverbs 29, 18 says in the Old King James Version, it says, without vision, people perish. Without vision, people perish. As a group, as a church, without a vision, we're going to start uh, losing our life. Losing, we're going to start dying off. You know, as an individual, without vision, our lives, our Christianity, our discipleship becomes mundane, it becomes dry, we get weary, right? And we start losing energy, direction, and life to our souls. 
You know, there's a story that says a man came upon a construction site where three people were working. He asked the first, what are you doing? And the man replied, I'm laying bricks. He asked the second, what are you doing? The man replied, I'm building a wall. As he approached the third, he heard him humming a tune as he worked and asked, what are you doing? The man stood, looked up the sky and smiled, I am building a cathedral. Doing the same thing, but two with not much vision, but one with a vision, a bigger picture of what he was doing. And in, I would say, when it comes to God, a bigger picture of what God is doing and including us in. Amen? So important for life. Knowing God's vision brings meaning. It brings direction. And it brings energy into what we're doing today. Into what could be mundane. Anybody feel like they could use a little energy? Our world is so tired. I mean, we're I get so tired. Are you with me? It's just the day-to-day grind, you know, and it just, the energy. But when there's a vision, it's like, you know what? There's a reason I'm doing this. There's meaning. There's direction. I see the next step, part of something bigger, and there's passion infused into that. That's what vision, that's why vision brings life to our souls. The reason we're going to look at Zechariah is because Zechariah's message came to the Israelites, specifically came to Zerubbabel and and Jeshua, the high priest, and they had been, God brought them back to Jerusalem, and they had a vision to rebuild the temple, to repopulate uh, Jerusalem and bring the nation of Israel back to health, so to speak, okay? So they started, but then the building stopped because of internal and external opposition they grew discouraged, okay? And so the work stopped. And Haggai speaks into that. That's what we talked about two weeks ago was Haggai's message to the people was like the reason you've stopped working is because you've, you've got bad priorities. You've misplaced priorities. You've put the things of God well below your own lives and your own uh, um, things to, you know, priorities, et cetera, Okay. Um, and so then he kind of leaves the scene, and then Zechariah comes. And what Zechariah does is he communicates encouragement through a series of visions from God that God gave Zechariah that he wanted to communicate to Zerubbabel. So let me just catch up a little bit on our context. Um, shortly after their return, Levitical sacrifices were reinstituted on a rebuilt altar of burnt offering. Uh, the temple of the foundation was laid. Because of external opposition and internal depression. Can I get a witness? External opposition and internal depression and discouragement. Uh, The building of the temple was halted for about 16 years. Haggai comes, uh, 520 B.C., preached four sermons. That's the book of Haggai. Okay, basically calls them to repent. And then he he leaves. And then uh, Zechariah comes. And he, it says he encouraged the people to spiritual renewal and motivated them to rebuild the temple by revealing to them God's plans for Israel's future. Okay, With this encouragement, the temple reconstruction was completed in 515 B.C., five years later. Vision. The vision of God. Something bigger is going on. Instilled meaning, uh, direction, and energy. 
into what they had lost uh, energy for. So many applications in our own life. So what we're going to talk about is some of these, some of the visions from the book of Zechariah. We're going to look at those first. And then we're going to talk about the overarching vision that God knew that the Israelites didn't even know of the, of the kingdom of God. And then we're going to talk about vision for today. Okay? So uh, uh, if we could go to the next slide. So this is a little small. I, I don't expect you to, uh, if you're really interested in all of these eight visions, book of Zechariah, take a screenshot or a picture of it, and you can go study these out. Okay? So we're, these are the first number of chapters of Zechariah. There's a series of eight visions meant to encourage Zerubbabel and the people, okay? Um, what we're going to do is not, don't panic, we're not going to go through all eight of these, but we are going to go through about three of them. And actually, I have pictures for you. If we're going to do a sermon on vision, right, we've got to have pictures. Pictures are worth a thousand words, amen? And so I have some pictures for you, for you of what maybe these visions were that Zechariah saw, okay? So the eight visions, and a man among the, uh, the myrtle trees, four horns, and you know all these things. And whenever you read apocalyptic literature, it can be super confusing, but don't let it be overly confusing. Okay, Do, you know, we never get caught up in the minute detail of the pictures, right? You just got to get the message overall. So there's a very bad video going around in our church. You guys know that? There's a, there's a, 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 a video that's it's shaking me to the core. It's a TikTok video of me dancing in the background of Jordan. She recorded. I didn't know if it was being recorded. Okay, so I'm pretty shaken about it. If you see this, don't watch it. It will damage you, okay? It's things like, you know, this and, you know, you get a 47-year-old Caucasian dancing. Um, it usually doesn't go very well. Um, not, I guess that was a little profiling there. I shouldn't have. Mark that off the internet, okay? Get in trouble for that. Okay, I'll just say for me, it's bad, okay? But you can't get up in the minute, caught up in the minutia of the detail of the vision. It's more overall, what's the message? And so there's a message that God is promising prosperity to Israel, this first vision. God's judging the nations that attacked Israel. God's going to rebuild Jerusalem. Uh, God removes his sin in idolatry. There's the gospel, uh, purifies the high priest and the people. So all these things. We're going to focus in on three of these. Let's go to Zechariah chapter 2. We're going to look at a, a vision of abundance and blessing, protection in all nations. And then we're going to look at a vision of holiness. And we're going to look at a vision of power. Zechariah chapter 2. I'm going to read uh, today from the New Living Translation. It says, when I looked again, I saw a man with a measuring line in his hand. Where are you going? I asked. He replied, I am going to measure Jerusalem to see how wide and how long it is. Then the angel who was with me went to meet a second angel who was coming toward him. The other angel said, hurry and say to that young man, Jerusalem will someday be so full of people and livestock that there won't be room enough for everyone. Many will live outside the city walls. Then I myself will be a protective wall of fire around Jerusalem, says the Lord. And I will be the glory inside the city. The Lord says, come away, flee from Babylon in the land of the north, for I have scattered you to the four winds. Come away, people of Zion, you who are exiled 
in Babylon. After a period of glory, the, Lord's heavens, the Lord of heaven's army sent me against the nation who plundered you. For he said, anyone who harms you harms my most precious possession. I will raise my fist to crush them, and their own slaves will plunder them. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. The Lord says, shout and rejoice, O beautiful Jerusalem, for I am coming to live among you. Many nations will join themselves to the Lord on that day, and they too will be my people. I will live among you, and you will know that the Lord of heaven's army sent me to you. The land of Judah will be the Lord's special possession in the holy land, and he will once again choose Jerusalem to be his own city. Be silent before the Lord, all humanity, for he is springing into action from his holy dwelling. Wow, what a message, what a vision of encouragement. So the vision is this guy who's measuring Jerusalem, okay? So there's a, there's a picture there. This, somehow there's a vision of a man measuring Jerusalem. So this past week, we did something exciting happened in our household that's never happened before in the history of owning houses. You want to know what it is? We got a new refrigerator. And this one, it's exciting because this one has an automatic ice maker right in it. God is good. Okay? But what did I have to do before we went and got the... I had to measure the space, right? I had to measure how high, how wide, whatever. The reason I was measuring because I had a vision that we're going to get a new fridge. Amen? So the guys measuring Jerusalem, it's like what it meant was like, man, someday this place is going to be so full, so many people. Remember, because Jerusalem was kind of a lot empty. It was depressed. It was discouraged. There was no wall. The community was broken down. But the vision was that this is going to change. What is today doesn't mean it's going to be this way tomorrow. And they had a vision of abundance a vision of blessing, a vision of a large population, uh, a thriving economy, etc., etc. See, God is a God of abundance. He's a God of blessing. He desires to bless. But he says to the Israelites, listen, return to me and I will return to you. Zechariah chapter 1. You guys got to repent and come back to me and this vision will come true. Amen? Um, pay attention. He says the reason this was scattered, this is back in chapter 1. We're not covering this. But the reason, I'm just going to mention it, the reason you're scattered is because you refuse to listen to the prophets. You didn't listen to the Word of God, and so God had to punish you. God had to discipline you to get your attention. Now that I've gotten your attention from 70 years in Babylon, listen, this new generation, listen up. Listen to the prophets. Listen to the Word of God, and it will go well with you. We don't believe, we don't believe in prosperity theology where the reason we obey God is so God can just bless us, okay? That's using God as like a spiritual ATM. That's not fair. No one likes, do you like to be treated that way? I mean, I got kids, right? And what most of our, a lot of our communication is what? They're teenagers. So a lot of the communication is, can I have some money, right? And it's not it anymore. It's cash app. Can you cash app me, right? Thanks to Grayson, actually. <laughs> spreading cash app. Okay. Um, so we don't use God in that way. But having said that, the truth is this. 
you do reap what you sow. And if you sow to please the sinful nature, you will reap from it the consequences that you sowed. But if you sow to please God, if you sow to please the spiritual nature, if you sow in a humble obedience to the Word of God, it is going to go better. It is. Long term, for sure in heaven, but even in this life, I believe. The, the commands, the precepts of God are a blessing to us if we listen to Him. Amen? Okay, the second, uh, second vision here. Let's look in chapter 3, verse 1 through 10. This is so encouraging. This is a vision of the gospel. This is a vision of Jesus. Zechariah chapter 3, verse 1. Then the angel showed me Jeshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord. The accuser, Satan, was there at the angel's right hand, making accusations against Jeshua. And the Lord said to Satan, I, the Lord, reject your accusations, Satan. Yes, the Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebukes you. This man is like a burning stick that has been snatched from the fire. Jeshua's clothing was filthy as he stood there before the angel. So the angel said to the other standing there, take off his filthy clothes. And turning to Jeshua, he said, see, I have taken away your sins. And now I am giving you these fine new clothes. Then I said, they should also place a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean priestly turban on his head and dressed him in new clothes while the angel of the Lord stood by. Then the angel of the Lord spoke very solemnly to Joshua and said, I love that. The angel spoke very solemnly. Joshua, listen. This is super important. Good parenting tool, by the way. Is there, is there ever a time to communicate something important? Change your tone. Hey, I want to talk to you. Instead of yell, why, try lowering your voice. Listen solemnly. I'm going to speak this to you. Right? We're all like, what's he going to say? Right? Money? <laughs> Cash app. Um, okay. This is what the Lord of Heaven's army says. If you follow my ways and carefully serve me, then you will be given authority over my temple and its courtyards. I will let you walk among these others standing here. Listen to me, O Jeshua the high priest and all you other priests. You are symbols of things to come. Soon I am going to bring my servant, the branch, this is written 500 years before Jesus. Now look at the jewel I have set before Jeshua, a single stone with seven facets. I will engrave an inscription on it, says the Lord of heaven's armies, and I will remove the sins of this land in a single day. And on that day, says the Lord of heaven's armies, each of you will invite your neighbor to sit with you peacefully under your own grapevine and fig tree. What is this obviously a vision of? This is a vision of Jesus. This is a vision of the Messiah, right? This is, the vision isn't even just about the Israelites, and it's about the priest. God's saying like, priest, you guys, it is not about you. You guys are symbols of the branch, the one who is to come in, in a single day. 
all the sins are going to be removed. What do you think that points to? What do you think that points to? The cross, right? The cross. This is clearly a messianic prophecy. Let's skip over to a... So this is, this is a vision. Go ahead to the next screen. Here's a, a vision of, of this man who is feeling dirty, dirty clothes, brokenness. I've, you know, and the vision is let's take off the dirty and put on the clean. This is exactly what happens in the gospel. The book of Romans, the book of Galatians, uh, the epistles teach us that, that when, when we're forgiven of our sins, it's like our old clothes are removed and a new, righteous, pure, clean robe is given to us. Did this person earn the new robe? That's the whole book of Romans. No, you didn't earn anything. It's a gift. Righteousness is a gift. Those of us who tend to be self-righteous, it's because we think we're better than because we've earned and we are boasting. It's a form of boasting. Those of us who believe that no, righteousness is a gift of grace from God. It's our old is taken away as far as the east is from the west, which is what Jeremy, the, the psalmist, was praising God for. My old dirty clothes taken off, put far away, and the new clothes put on, and I can rejoice in my glory, the glory of God who gave me this, who took away the sins of the world in one day. Amen and amen? Any guilty souls amongst us? Any sinners in the crowd? This is good news. Because without this, we go before a holy God in judgment of every thought, every deed, every misdeed, every motive, right, that's not exactly pure is condemned and judged. A number of these visions are visions of judgment. Okay, and rightfully so. God's a judge. But he also gives us a vision of grace and mercy if we will receive it. Let's look over in um, chapter 5. This is another uh, vision of how God deals with our sins in the evil amongst us. Okay, Zechariah chapter 5, we're going to read in verse 5. Then the angel, so here's another, another vision. Then the angel who was talking with me came forward and said, Look up and see what's coming. What is it? I asked. He replied, It is a basket for measuring grain, and it's filled with the sins of everyone throughout the land. Then the heavy lead cover was lifted off the basket. Let's make this practical. What if, what if all of our sins were brought and put in you know, a, 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 a big basket right here? So all of our sins for all time, <laughs> better, better, get a, better get a big old basket, you know what I'm saying? I mean, chief of sinners speaking to you. So even just for my sins alone, this, that's, that's like one day right there, okay? Big old basket, and, we, and it all is entered in there, okay? And listen to what happens. Um, then, the, then the heavy lead cover was lifted off the basket, and there was a woman sitting inside it. The angel said, the woman's name is wickedness. And he pushed her back into the basket and closed the heavy lid again. Then I looked up and saw two women flying toward us, gliding on the wind. They had wings like a stork, and they picked up the basket and flew into the sky. Where are they taking the basket? I asked the angel. He replied, to the land of Babylonia, 
where they will build a temple for the basket. And when the temple is ready, they will set the basket there on its pedestal. But what a vision of how the world worships sin. The world calls evil good and good evil. This is what's going on here. So we have a woman. I don't know. I, I don't know why he used a woman, okay? I don't think that means anything besides it's just a symbol, okay? So let's not, don't send emails. Why did he say woman, okay? I didn't write it, okay? Don't, say, don't put Google reviews. This is a sexist church, you know, okay? Okay, let's just let that go. It's just a symbol, okay? Um, but it is a woman. It's like, get back in that basket and put the heavy lid on it. And then we have two angels who are also women, amen, okay? And, say, and carrying them off to Babylon. Okay, this is a picture of what God does with our sins. Uh, individually and corporately in Christ. Amen? This is purity. This is pure, pure being purified. This is holiness, okay? Um, the, the religious world today likes to deal with sins like, you know what, don't worry about sin. Grace covers your sin. But the, one of the things that's missing, so that's good. That's the sin that gets in the basket, right? Okay, that's, that's half the message. But the other half is that basket doesn't just sit there and you're alive and you don't just join the basket. You get that basket as far as from here to kingdom come, right? You get that out of here. That's repentance, okay? Does that mean you never sin again? And if I sin again? No, it means by all time we are, for, for all, Hebrews 10, 14 says, by one sacrifice he made them holy while they're being made holy. So it's a purification state while it's a purification process. Does that make sense? It is both. It's a state and it's a process. And we have to be able to accept that I am purified by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's still a process of ongoing purification of which I join by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Okay? But the problem is when we're not called to repent of our sins, we just wallow in it, we just sit in it, and we just accept it as normal. And it's not normal. It needs to get in that basket, and it needs to fly to Babylon. The world is where they worship the sin, not, not us as a, as a temple. Amen? A temple of Jesus. We get rid of the sin. We get the sin out. If you've got ongoing sin and you know it, like, like if you're being sexually immoral, if you're having an affair, if you're doing... Uh, illicit drugs, if you are gossiping and lying, if you, you, you just know your conscience is screaming at you right now, listen, it's time to get that stuff in the basket and get it out. Amen? Okay? If you just sit in that basket long, it is killing you and it will kill you and you will go to hell in due time. Galatians 5 says, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. God. It's a, it's a firm message. It's a strong stance on sin. New Testament, Old Testament, and Jesus, everywhere. It's repent or perish. And that's a message I need to hear regularly, all right? You with me there? Okay, so that's the vision. Okay, and last, last vision, Zechariah chapter 4. We're going to go back a little bit. We're going to look at by what power does all this happen? I don't have the strength for this. Okay, so God answers. The people are fatigued. They're tired. They're built a temple, and it's like, man, I'm just exhausted. 
You ever feel that way spiritually? Like I'm trying to do what's right, but I'm weary. I'm growing weary of doing good. So I have a, I have a power source issue, okay? Let's look at Zechariah chapter 4, a beautiful vision. Then the angel who had been talking with, verse 1, talking with me returned and woke me as though I had been asleep. What do you see now, he asked. I answered, I see a solid gold lampstand with a bowl of oil on top of it. Around the bowl are seven lamps, each having seven spouts with wicks. And I see two olive trees, one on each side of the bowl. Then I asked the angel, what are these, my Lord? What do they mean? Don't you know, the angel asked. No, my Lord, I replied. That's why I'm asking. <laughs> uh, in, interesting. Then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by force, nor by strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mighty mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. It will become a level plain before him. And when Zerubbabel sets the final stone of the temple in place, the people will shout, may God bless it. May God bless it. Then another message came to me from the Lord. Zerubbabel is the one who laid the foundation of this temple, and he will complete it. Then you will know that the Lord of heaven's armies has sent me. Do not despise these small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin, to see the plumb line in Zerubbabel's hand. The seven lamps represent the eyes of the Lord that search all around the world. Then I asked the angel, what are these two olive trees on each side of the lampstand? And what are the two olive branches that pour out golden oil through the two gold tubes? Don't you know, he asked. No, my Lord, I replied. Then he said to me, they represent the two heavenly beings who stand in the court of the Lord of all the earth. Okay, here's this vision. And I don't know, you know, you, you Google search these things and there's all kinds of, okay, but you see that very well. You have um, the two olive trees channeling oil into the golden bowl. And from the bowl, you have wicks to the lampstands. So the lamp, the purpose of the lampstand is what? To look pretty? No, it's to light a light. All right. And that's what the churches is compared to in the book of Revelation. The, the, the lamp, church is a lampstand. The church is not the light. The church holds the light. Amen? Churches, including us, we often confuse that. We think we're the answer. The church is not the answer. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Amen? But our job is to hold up Jesus, to hold out the Word of God. All right? Can we, so we're the lampstand. But listen, uh, we, got, we need oil for the, the light needs the oil, okay? And the oil comes through. And who is into sustainable energy, right? Can I get a witness, you know? I, I got Ned's attention. Like, whoo, Ned just like hopped out of his chair right there, okay? We're all, we love sustainable energy. Why? Because, and how about renewable, okay? So what this is saying is human strength and human flesh as a source of energy is unsustainable and not renewable. It runs out. It runs dry. Do you feel exhausted spiritually? The reason you feel exhausted spiritually is because you've been attempting to do spiritual things on human strength. And you've run out, rather quickly I would say, of much strength to do this. Can I get a witness? And so, the, so I just feel exhausted. I'm not going to go to church. I feel exhausted. I'm not going to read my Bible anymore. It's like missing it because actually what's going on there is 
You need to go to the Bible and to church because that's where you're tapping into the sustainable, renewable source of spiritual energy. Are you with me? What a picture this is. Because we all grow weary. Galatians 6 says, do not grow weary in doing good. Okay, we all grow weary. We all get old. That's why Isaiah says, when there's new vision, you rise up like a youth on eagle's wings. I got a youth in my house who never, like his energy. So we went to play, uh, we went to play pickleball. I've discovered pickleball. Who likes pickleball? I love it. It's a beautiful thing. Because my age is, in their age, my kids' age is level playing field. You know what I'm saying? And uh, uh, anyways, uh, so the point is, is we could play pickleball. And I'm like, I'm done. It's even an old person sport, but I'm old. And so after a couple guys, I'm, I'm out, I'm done. And he's like, let's play again. I'm like, I'm done, dude. I'm tired. I'm out. I'm out of energy. And so there's an S character of youth where it's just like never. In, but this is what the vision is. Okay, we can be like a youth. We can be renewed in our strength through the golden oil. If you're not renewed, the problem is you, you're still learning how to tap into the golden oil, the spirit. So what are the olive trees? There's speculation. It could be Zerubbabel. could be Jeshua. It could be Jesus and the Holy Spirit. It's not for sure. We just know it's spiritual. It's divine. Okay? And the point is, is this is where the power comes from. Okay. So all these visions encourage Zerubbabel to finish the task. Okay, we're going to wrap up, kind of. We're going we're gonna to start wrapping up. Okay, so what's all this got to do with vision? This is, this is not just vision for Jerusalem. This is not just vision for the Israelites. This is a vision of God's kingdom. The kingdom come. There are... Scholars list 41 citations or allusions to Zechariah's prophecies in the New Testament. This is the most messianic, prophetic book uh, outside of like Isaiah in the whole Old Testament. So this is talking about, this isn't just about Jerusalem. This is about Jesus. This is about the kingdom of God that's to come. Amen? And uh, um, you see Jesus as the Messiah. He's the King of Kings. He's the great high priest. He's the prophet. He was the word. He is the word. He speaks the word. Okay? Um, John chapter 1. Uh, he's, Jesus is a king. Okay? When Jesus says do something, do it because he's the king. He's not the great, uh, let's have a discussion about this. Okay? That's like a professor. He's a king. He says do it and you do it because you fear him. You respect him. You, you revere him. Amen? He's the boss. Okay? I love that commercial where this guy said, he's like, well, you aren't the boss of me. And he's like, well, actually, I am literally your boss. Okay? But we're so used to, you ain't the boss of me, that we forget we act that way to Jesus. Well, you ain't the boss of me. Just, actually, I am. Okay? I authored you, I created you, and I, can, I brought you into this world, and I can take you out. Okay? And if you don't start listening to me, I will do just that. C is Babylon. Okay? Um, he's a great high priest. So not he's just a king who's the authority. He also sets himself as the mediator who handles our sin issues. And he takes our sin onto himself so that can be put in that basket and removed. It was removed ultimately not to Babylon. It was removed to the cross. It was removed to the cross. If you're in Christ, your sins have been removed to the cross. 
Do you accept that freedom and forgiveness and let it humble you and make you so grateful? I'll do whatever I can for the great high priest, the prophet. Okay, so it's a vision of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the power that gives us renewable energy. And it's a holy people. It's a holy people. It's a people purified. It's a people of all nations. And it's abundance of blessing. The light shines with ever-increasing glory. The glory in our midst is not Jake who plays the piano. Though that's glorious, amen? The glory in our midst is Jesus who walks amongst us. It's the Holy Spirit who fills us with His power. It's God's, God's presence Himself. Okay, that's the glory of the kingdom of God. Let's talk about vision for today, okay? Vision for today. Vision for our church. Hey, guys, as a church, we're not just laying bricks. Well, what's the vision of the Chippewa Valley Church? Well, we just go to church. We read the Bible. Okay, that's, we've lost the vision. If that's our spirit, we, we're just like, oh, I'm just laying bricks. No, we're building a great cathedral, all right? There's a reason we come to church. There's a reason we read our Bibles. There's a reason we love one another. It's because of God's vision for His kingdom. We're joining, matter of fact, what's better is we're joining God as He builds His kingdom here, which we're going to sing in a minute, amen, to wrap up our service. Uh, the vision is that Jesus is Lord, and He tells us to go make true and wholehearted disciples of His. Go make disciples. He doesn't say go make believers. He says go make disciples, followers, wholehearted followers. Jesus is either Lord of all or He's not Lord at all. Repentance and baptism and discipleship as wholehearted response to the gospel. It's time to restore what the Bible says. If the Bible says repent and be baptized, then we say it. Okay? We don't say, take out the repent part because that's hard. It is hard. Someone said to me, uh, he was facing an issue yesterday, and uh, he's someone he had to talk to. What, what, not in our church, so don't try to think who it was, but someone that he knew he had to talk to. Okay? And he's like, well, the Bible says, Matthew 18, go talk to them and then follow, take one or two others along. Tell, this is what you got to do. He's like, oh man, but that's really hard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yep. It is hard. Now, right, anything in life that's worth having is hard. He's like, well, I don't know. I don't know. That might be too hard. Well, all I got to say to you is, listen, I'm glad Jesus didn't think the cross was too hard. And that's the standard of how hard we need to, 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 to do difficult things. Amen? Is Jesus went all the way to the cross for this, and then he actually says, you carry your cross as well. Amen? Okay. Um, a family that is filled with the Spirit's power, pure and continually purified, and sending disciples over all the upper Midwest to join God's great kingdom-building work. That's the vision for our church. How about for you? How about for you? So remember we talked about vision does three things. It renews meaning, direction, and energy. So a few practical next steps for you, and then we'll have Renee come up to do announcements. Why are you here? Why are you here? What is your vision? Why did God put you here at this time, in this specific place, with this specific set of people around you? Why? If we believe in God, we believe there's a greater purpose going on. Amen? So when you think about vision, you think about why. What's the meaning? Um, is, am I living God's purpose or just my purpose? 
Well, for many years, I just lived my own purpose. I want to get, I want to make money. I want to have a nice family. It's just my purpose. I'm just living for myself. Listen, if your purpose is trumping God's purpose, it's not going to go well. See Haggai, see Malachi, it's going to be frustrating. But when your purpose is a subset of God's bigger purpose, life is going to align and there's great peace and comfort. Um, is your vision within God's or outside of God's vision? Are you building God's kingdom or are you building yours? Meaning, direction, what's next? What's the next step? I got a few possibilities for us. If, it's, if you're in sin, it's time. the next step is to remove the sin. Get it in that basket, get it out. All right, draw boundaries around that bad boy and say, I'm not going to live in this any longer. Okay, I'll be tempted, I'll struggle, but by the power of God's grace and the power of God's spirit and the power of obedience to God's word, I don't have to keep sinning. Amen? Okay, if it's shame, it's time to take off those dirty clothes and receive your new ones. If it's seeking God and you're not, you haven't really sought God much, Listen, it's time to grab the person next to you and say, I need to seek God. I want to study the Bible. We've got this study series that's perfectly designed just for you. It's wherever you're at spiritually. If it's time, if you know in your heart, you know what? It's time. There was a time in my life I just knew, you know what? It's time. Time to get serious. If that's where you're at, God is moving because we've got the perfect, it's just, it's, it's a little study series. Hold it up. Grayson, you got one on you? I had a little study about following God. She says, anyone in our church can, knows how to use this, okay? It's just a simple study series that says, and it will, wherever you're at spiritually, if you've been going to church for 80 years, or you've been going to church for minus eight years, okay? You've been hating on church your whole life. Wherever you're at spiritually, it will meet you where you're at and will help you take the next step. Amen? So maybe it's that, that's what the direction is for today. If you've had vision at one point, but you've lost vision, and now you're just laying bricks, you don't have to stay there. You don't have to sit there. You can, this, this message is perfect. This is, read this book of Zechariah. You can receive a new vision, a new song. God makes all things new. It's time to ask some serious questions and get that vision back. Take inventory. Dream again. Just because you're exhausted or discouraged or have been hurt or whatnot doesn't mean the future has to be what the past was. Dream again. If you got a vision and it's just not done, you've got unfinished business, time to get her done. Get up off that couch, amen, and uh, get into the Word and get, get to work, but this time with vision and a renewed energy. And lastly, just energy. If you're exhausted, you've exhausted your exhaustible sources of energy and you're unsustained and you're unrenewed. It's time to learn from our sustainability and renewable energy friends. But it's not, the answer is not solar panels on your roof. Though God bless you, if that, that may be a good step. Amen? The answer is the Holy Spirit. It's the golden oil. It's the spiritual energy that will help you be ride on wings like eagles learn how to direct your roots to the unending power of the holy spirit in the word of god and not what your roots have been channeled into which is exhausting you the book of zechariah there's so much more we just scratched the surface but vision god is a visionary
has a vision for us. He has a vision for you. It's good. It's awesome. It's a part of his kingdom vision. Uh, don't ignore this message today. Don't, don't, don't just uh, you know, on to the football game. Take some time to think, what is God's vision? Amen? And allow the energy, the direction, and the purpose to come back to life.